interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. And uh, it's going to be a uh, full-fledged local uh, morning here on KLIN because we have a yeah a night game. So let's let's go cheer on the Huskers against Purdue tonight. Uh, but this morning you're going to get the full uh, Saturday lineup here, starting with Friendly Fire. Uh, we're gonna stay tuned. Just don't change that channel. Uh, Husker Hour is coming up. The KLIN Husker Hour. The best of LNK today is coming up. One Shot One Life is coming up. Grow Lincoln is coming up. It's all coming up all local because of the night game. And you know what? Even when we are preempted, we don't care because we love the Huskers. And uh, who knows? Uh, I believe in Mickey. Uh, Mickey uh, was uh, was a very highly recruited quarterback at the uh, in the day. And uh, he may be, it's just possible, he may be a better coach than he was a quarterback. But time will tell. Uh, it's a great to have in studio with me today uh, someone who's been a friend for a long time, but also... Uh, a talented musician, uh, a valued member of a sister church, and uh, and a friend. How you doing, Crystal Davy? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me here, Stu. Yeah, yeah. How long have we known each other? I uh, believe that I met you somewhere around the early 2000s. Okay, I'm going to say 20 years then. I think it's been 20 years. Uh, it's pretty close. That's pretty close. And, and as young as you are, like, did we meet when you were like nine? Uh, yeah. Is that about <laughs> yeah. right? I was a toddler. <laughs> yes. She was very, very young. No, uh, uh, I kid, I kid. I'm just, that's what the old guy has to do, you know? But, uh, and and your uh, your title at Grace Chapel is, uh, your, uh, that's how we've, we've met, is through the sister church relationship. And your title is? I'm the music director at Grace Chapel. Music director. Now, having said that, so we're going to talk about music. We're talking about all kinds of different things because you're also involved in a lot of other stuff. And uh, But uh, I want to take just a few minutes uh, for the listeners to get to know you. Uh, where did you grow up? My childhood was mm -hmm. spent in the country of Mexico. Mm -hmm. My parents were missionaries with uh, what was then called New Tribes Mission. Mm. And I was born and raised in northern Mexico in the state of Chihuahua. Wow. Yeah. Do you have dual citizenship? I do. Wow. I really do. It's, wow. It's fantastic. I, I moved to the U.S. when I was 17, graduated from high school from Norfolk Senior High, mm. and then came to Nebraska for the university. And I would have gotten to know mm -hmm. our kind of denominational family Right around 2001, when I started attending Grace Chapel as a freshman in college. Wow. Yeah. And that was, uh, so That those were the early, early days of it Grace was. Chapel, because it was planted in 2000, right? Yeah, I remember arriving right at the f one year anniversary. Wow. And and you've been there all along. Ever, yeah, ever since. Yeah. I Now, when did you start getting involved in, in music then at Grace Chapel? Pretty quickly? Um, I didn't. I was a terrible church attender. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did everything you're not supposed to do. Uh -huh. I came uh, for the donuts and the coffee, and I left as soon as I could and did nothing to help. But in uh, 2006, I had just um, – I'd graduated from college. I'd come back from a six-month trip to India mm -hmm. and was, was beginning to get reintegrated into the life of the church when um, they were looking for a, a music director. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I grew up in a musical family. I was a part of choirs and uh, church groups, had led uh, worship through Campus Crusade mm-hmm. in college, um, had very little, mm. honestly, very little actual experience in leading worship when uh, the, the pastor at the time, Mike Shu, asked if I would direct the music. Mm-hmm. And I said yes. And it seems to be working out. And so far, they haven't fired me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's that's been a while now. <laughs> I, I think you're fairly secure in that position. <laughs> um, now, uh, let me jump back a little bit, because there are very few of us who have grown up uh, in a, a different culture. Yeah. Um, talk about that. What was that like uh, growing up in Mexico? Yeah, I had a fantastic childhood. Um, I know that being a missionary kid can have kind of a bad rap. And mm-hmm. I know that for some, it, it truly has some difficulties. And there were challenges for sure. But I I really look on my childhood with incredible fondness. Mm. Um, so much so that we took our whole family to Mexico right before COVID hit and um, got to expose our kids to the people group that my parents worked with. And mm-hmm. I was really um, blessed to watch a church be planted in a tribal location mm. uh, among um, a, a beautiful people group in northern Mexico uh, to see an indigenous church with its own leaders develop over um, many years and then just to fall in love with Mexican culture. And it's what mm. kind of shaped my soul in many ways mm. um, to watch my parents' faith and to be deeply impacted by that is a, mm. a gift of my childhood for mm. sure. Mm. Um, I still feel like an intruder often at times and kind of an, uh, a cultural outsider, even though I've been in the U.S. now longer than I was in Mexico as a kid. But, you know, those early things that shape you and yeah. make you who you are mm-hmm. um, are still very, very precious to me. Yeah. What are some of the aspects of uh, of your youth that you carry with you today? I mean, did you, yeah. is Cinco de Mayo a big <laughs> you know, we've, um, we've, I know that's kind of superficial, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there, there are things like, um, yeah, wanting to celebrate the big festival days, um, mm. wanting to bring some of the kind of the cultural liveliness, a, a deep appreciation for family and community, mm. community support, um, a longing to take care of my parents when they're old. I mean, some of these mm. kind of traditional values have, have become a part of, um, of my heart, uh, we actually celebrate the Independence Day of Mexico, which is not Cinco de Mayo. Um, and uh, I, I have been known to draw a mustache on my face and stand <laughs> on, a, on a chair and do the traditional grito, which is part of the Independence Day celebration. And uh-huh. it's important to me that my kids have an appreciation for it. Yes. It's fun. Yes. Uh, that's, so how uh, now you... How's your Spanish then? Have you kept maintained it? I have, yeah. So I'm I'm fluent in Spanish. I studied Spanish in college. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a selfish decision. I was just looking for the fastest way to get through college, and that mm-hmm. that was the way to the way to do it. Um, but I've continued to speak in Spanish and tried to teach our kids. And how are they doing? They're doing pretty good. They they have yeah. good accents, which is the first which is the first step. That's always I've heard that from many different people is that when you're doing a foreign language, it's not just the words, but then the accent that yeah. comes with it that makes it sound more normalish. Yep. Yeah, and it, and uh, there really is a kind of a moment where your brain 
makes it harder to get the accent right. And it's right mm. around the age 11, I think. Mm. So if you're exposed to that foreign language and have, mm-hmm. you know, replicated it with your own speech yeah. uh, before then, you're much much more likely to sound. It, it seems like, I mean, obviously, there, uh, knowing any foreign language is going to help you intellectually and in and, 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 and a variety of ways. But, uh, but it seems like in America today, if you're, if you're going to have a second language, it's pretty hard to argue for any other language other than Spanish, right? I, I am of that view, for sure. Yeah. 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 I think it's an incredibly useful language mm-hmm. in, our, in our moment. Yeah. Do, do you ever, uh, yeah, how often do you use it in, in just ordinary encounters? Yeah, I would say that the most practical use is when my husband and I are trying to keep something away from our children. <laughs> so that's a really helpful tool <laughs> to have. Although my oldest Addison uh, understands a lot, and so that's become harder as she's as she's become more fluent. Um, but one of the things I've loved about Grace Chapel, the church where I am the music director, being in the neighborhood that we are in, mm-hmm. is that it's not uncommon to have Spanish speakers in yeah. our yeah. in our congregation, and so I get to use it uh, pretty regularly and yeah. and love that. That there's just nothing like hearing uh, someone speak in your heart language. Yeah, uh, I would imagine people are are pretty pleased when they know yeah. that, that you're fluent. It's a part of um, feeling welcomed um, mm-hmm. and accommodated. You know, mm-hmm. I think so much about uh, our heart for being a hospitable place within our neighborhood is about extending accommodations to people so that they feel seen, and that that can be as simple as a a drink of water if you're thirsty or a warm welcome if you're lonely or yeah. someone speaking your language yeah. feels like that extension of welcome. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I love I love that. Yeah, let's well, going to pick that up take our first break here. When we come back, I know that you've been uh gathering people on a weekly basis in the in the church. Should we talk about that? Let's do it. Let's do it. It's a friendly fire Saturday. Talking here with Crystal Davy. She's the worship director at uh, Grace Chapel, which is down at 16th and A. We'll give a plug for that later, but uh, they're doing some very, very cool things uh, down at Grace Chapel. I'm biased. Yes, I am. They're a sister church. Uh, but uh, but I think if you, uh, if you know what's going on there, you're not going to disagree. Uh, it is a Friendly Fire Saturday on uh, The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively. The conversation civil. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety-nine three KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Talking with Crystal Davy here. Uh, she's the I said uh, worship director. I guess it's music director, worship director, whatever you're directing. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> she's she's doing that down at Grace Chapel, and we'll talk about music in a minute here, but. Um, you've been doing some, uh, we talked about your, uh, again, Spanish back, uh, sk- uh, speaking background and, and history growing up, dual citizenship. Very cool. Uh, and then you've, you've started something. How new is this? These, uh, weekly, uh, neighborhood gatherings. First of all, what is it? So we have desired since moving into the neighborhood in 2018 to and the neighborhood is the neighborhood is, uh, the near South and Everett. So mm-hmm. around the 16th and A area, mm-hmm. um, we have really desired to become uh, advocates and partners with like-minded churches and organizations in the neighborhood and mm-hmm. um, wanted to um, build just a vibrant community of care. And mm-hmm. so we were new to the neighborhood. This is a, this is a historic neighborhood in Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, we're just right down the street from the Capitol. Uh, you can see the Capitol from Goodhue. 
and uh, we wanted to uh, not come in creating the wheel again, uh, but facilitating and encouraging resources, resourcing um, uh, financially and with our people, the places that are already there. And that included some neighborhood churches that we've come to, to really admire and, mm-hmm. and to love. So once a month, we gather with No Greater Love, with um, Trinity Lutheran, and with F Street Neighborhood Church. Mm-hmm. We share prayer requests and care for one another and pray mm-hmm. for our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the you know fruits of that is that last Thursday we had a, a prayer meeting where the congregations were invited. We were worshiping together and praying wow. for one another. So that that's just a sweet um, fruit of that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of a model for what we would like to be, um, even for um, non-Christian groups that mm-hmm. are serving and loving the mm-hmm. least of these in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that's borne some really, really great fruit as well. Yeah. There was, I, uh, having grown up in Lincoln, uh, I've said this before on the program, that there was uh, very much kind of a spirit of competition between churches. And it always kind of felt like, oh boy, well, they left my church and went to their church. And, and, or there was a hot church at the time that everybody was kind of flocking to. And so there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of cooperation. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, I mean, to be candid, there was a lot of jealousy yeah. between different uh, congregations. And, and so uh, I think over the last several decades, that's really shifted and changed. And this is, you're, you're kind of showing some of the fruit of that. Yeah, I, I may be wrong, Stu, but I, I feel like some of that shift came out of different pastoral teams that prayed for one another. I, I believe you are yourself a part of that shift um, mm-hmm. and uh, exemplified even in this radio show of being in dialogue with people that, um, you know, could represent competition if we were yeah. about people yeah. gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have loved being a part of the church in Lincoln as an adult, uh, kind of growing into my own understanding and faith to be able to say to someone who's searching or questioning, there are a lot of churches that you could go to and hear Mm -hmm. just the beauty of the gospel. Um, And our churches are different. So the the churches in the neighborhood that pray together, we do represent very different views theologically, um, Mm -hmm. holding, of course, to kind of the core and the center. Mm -hmm. But there are people that come to our church who I think would be a better fit for F Street. Mm-hmm. or who find uh, a home at no greater love mm-hmm. or who would resonate more deeply with Trinity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a joy to be able to plug them in, in a place like that. Yeah. Um, and then there are people with, a, with high needs, people in crisis, people who are really yeah. struggling. And sometimes it takes a couple churches to be kind of the broader yeah. body of Christ to care for, mm-hmm. for the many needs that, that people can have. Uh, it has only been to our benefit to experience um, what the Lord's doing in these other churches. So mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful. Yeah. Now you also mentioned there was like a weekly thing that was, uh, in fact, I think it happened just this week uh, that you're, uh, how is that, how does that overlap with this group of pastors or is that, is that an expression of the same thing? Are you talking about the drop-in hours? Yeah. Yeah. What, and that's what is drop-in hours? So drop-in hours is um, a new Thank you for asking, Stu. Yes. <laughs> this is a new <laughs> this is a new initiative that we have. Um, I'm not sure if other people's experience of post-COVID life is similar, but we've really struggled to kind of get into the rhythm of being present in the building. Some mm-hmm. of that's just working from home. Some of that's just the recognition that 
as our church kind of develops in its ministries, people need some um, uninterrupted time. But we really want to be interruptible mm-hmm. and our neighbors to know that they belong in our in our church building, whether they agree with us or attend on a Sunday morning. So from Monday to Thursday, from the hours of 1 to 3, we've just opened our door and said, come um, if you need a, a place to be warm, if you're thirsty, if you need a bathroom, if you mm-hmm. want to talk with someone and receive prayer, uh, if you'd like mm-hmm. to be pointed into the direction of resources because you're struggling with something. Mm-hmm. And then we have a mercy closet that has snacks and drinks and mm-hmm. towels and a coat and shoes. And if there's something really specific that you need in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's a new a new um, initiative. And it's it's really in response to a sense that, um, you know, churches used to be open all the time. Yeah. I had this really beautiful, heartbreaking conversation with a neighbor who lives just a few doors down from our church who described a moment last winter where she was struggling and she was sad and tired and lonely and in need. And she said she went around and tried the door of every church in the neighborhood and they were all locked. And her comment to me was, what is our world coming to Mm. when... The houses of God are closed. Mm. And it just broke my heart. I know I know that in that moment she wanted a safe place to pray, yeah. um, a place to be and to feel kind of in a sacred space. And so um, we're not in a position yet to be able to staff being available and open yeah. much longer than that. But that's kind of our first mm-hmm. first step toward that. So we want to be a we want to be a place that um, exists for our neighbors that knows the needs of our neighborhood. And so that's kind of a, a step in that direction. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, you're talking about people getting back to routines. I, I, again, I talk to a lot of pastors uh, in my work and in, and in this program, and uh, pretty consistently I've, I've heard them say that they've lost about a third of their attenders. I believe and, it. And they haven't. And uh, many of the churches say that third has not come back. Yep. So there, I mean, you think about that, one-third of most congregations – is just they're just for whatever reason yep. they're they're not coming back, and uh, so it, it, I love the creative you know thinking to try to say hey, what do we do to get these people back, but that's a I mean think that's that's all these different churches that's thousands of people across that's the right. city who don't feel safe again. Yep. Um, are there any other things you've been thinking about just to try to restore that confidence or to get people back in or yeah it's kind of hard isn't it it's a it's a deeply challenging it's a deeply challenging dynamic i think there are there are still people who um either by necessity or choice have experienced online church as meeting Mm. their needs um i think the the challenge for people who really want to see lives transformed by the gospel is just the recognition that mm-hmm. human flourishing, spiritual growth, discipleship, the really hard and gritty stuff of walking in the ways of yeah. Jesus require human-to-human mm-hmm. interaction, yeah. including interacting with people you really don't like. <laughs> <laughs> and so what? the very thing, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so, you know, it's difficult, it's ironic, the very thing that can, can make walking into a church so hard because you've mm-hmm. been hurt, you've been misunderstood, you don't agree anymore. It's that very thing, the the interaction with that mm-hmm. difficult person or the forgiveness that comes with 
restoration that's about that's what we need yes. to grow as people so i you know i i really think we're at a kind of a moment um kind of a winnowing that the lord's uh kind of given mm-hmm. us fresh eyes to see yeah. and uh i'm really prayerful that you know we we rarely correct to the middle i think as humans we always over correct over correct yeah and um, i agree i think that's our tendency and so we're kind of we're in a moment where I think um, we can really steward the pendulum swing, and uh, and really hope that um, that people see once again the value of mm. community and yeah uh, in the shaping of our own discipleship and faith we need embodied worship we need tactile things yeah. we need to smell it and taste it and yeah. uh, for Jesus to be real mm-hmm. in the in the human that's standing next to me and singing too loud in the pew and. <laughs> You know, that's the good stuff. That is the good stuff. I'm going to take another break here. When we come back, I want to I want to talk about that experience, and I want to talk specifically about um, uh, your uh, your history with music and how that shapes you uh, in terms of leading music now. I, by the way, a little little promo. We we do a Unity service each year, and you led the music this last year. It was it was really sweet. I Thanks, didn't know Steve. every song. But I, but I caught on. Good. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, you're listening to Friendly Fire on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Crystal Davey here. Uh, she's the music director at Grace Chapel which is at 16th and A, and we're, we're talking about the neighborhood and that neighborhood dynamic, but I want to back up a little bit because, uh, 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 again, I, I've worked I've worked in church uh, my whole ministry and uh, my, my whole adult life except for three years of teaching high school. And, uh, and, and people who uh, lead music and, and, that, and also lead worship uh, through the music uh, people who are good at that, they're, they're not a, in a bushel basket full of them. <laughs> they're just, they're not that many. And, uh, and I will say, this is, you don't have to say it. I'll still say it. You're very good. Aww, you're good at what you do. Thanks, yeah. And so I want to, uh, how did you, how did you get interested in music? How did you begin in that? Yeah. And, uh, and then we'll kind of fast forward up to what you're doing now. That's great. My, uh, my first, um, experience of corporate worship was in these Tuesday night meetings where all the missionaries would gather together and worship in mm. English, which was exciting for all these English-speaking missionaries. Mm. And it was the old hymn book. It was sitting sitting next to Cindy Payne, who sang alto. And I just heard her sing alto to these old hymns. And I loved it. Yes. Um, I grew up uh, as a missionary kid, loosely affiliated to maybe a Baptist kind of denomination and non-denominational churches mm-hmm. was a part of campus crusade and, and really struggled initially with uh, the formality of the liturgy at Grace Chapel um, grew to love it. Um, but it was really my family that, um, that really uh, instilled kind of a love for music um, mm-hmm. in my heart. So my dad played guitar, my brother played guitar. They are the ones that taught me how to play. And um, how old were you? I was 16 okay. when I started playing guitar. And then it was those kind of the rich hymn harmonies that kind of taught me how to hear and, and sing mm-hmm. harmony. And my parents are both, they will never sing the lead line. They'll always, right? Whenever they're singing, they'll find, they'll find the harmony. So that, that was mm-hmm. an early memory for me. Um, corporate 
worship was always something that was very meaningful. Um, I think I experienced, um, you know, kind of the, uh, the growing pains going to college. I, I really struggled with the Lord, uh, as a young adult and, um, it was just kind of, uh, questioning whether he was good. I, I, I knew he existed. My experiences of the supernatural as a kid, I could never doubt that the that the God who created the world was, was out there, but just mm-hmm. his intention and his kindness were, mm. were, um, difficult to grasp in moments of, of, um, pain. So that was just a journey for me in early college and, uh, just always, um, experienced music as a way to connect with God. Mm. Um, I loved growing up cross-culturally. So the, the music that I listened to was broad and diverse and, uh, you know, rich in church history and also uh, in different languages and was able to experience worship in um, South Korea and in China, in Israel and in India as a young adult. So I just, I, I came away with just the beauty of, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I think as an, as an adult, then leading worship at Grace began to see how powerful worship uh, is in the formation of the believer and mm-hmm. just singing these true things shaping mm-hmm. the heart. Mm-hmm. There, uh, there's no doubt that uh, that yeah, music music shapes shapes us. My wife and I always joke if we, you know, if we knew the Bible, if we memorized as much of the Bible as we have tucked away in our hearts, Doobie Brothers lyrics. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, we would be it's we, stuck. <laughs> we would have the whole Bible memorized. I know. And you're just like, but okay, but well, why is that? Yeah. Why do I remember, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire tunes, Chicago songs? It's because the music and the and the word is tied together. Right. Absolutely. And it's very, very powerful. Um, So have you have you you've done some writing, right? Yeah. So what uh, what do you when you're trying to create something that's singable and yet it has rich meaning? Yeah. uh, And then you're and then you're going to take this truth and tie it into some music so that we can remember it like a Doobie Brothers lyric. That's right. Yeah. what what's that process like? Yeah, I'm I'm an artistic person. I'm a musician. I I've written um, music for the church and music for outside of the church. And it really it is a very specific function. So when I'm writing music for the church, I'm I'm um, I'm often writing for maybe it's a theme that our church is exploring for a season. Mm-hmm. And I I want to be able to sing about what we're learning, um, whether it's a a portion of scripture. Um, Maybe we're in the Psalms, for example. Mm-hmm. And I have found that sticking to the text is a really beautiful way to get <laughs> the scripture in our hearts. Yeah. And so um, I, I have loved doing that, uh, which is more like kind of retuning a hymn, if you think about it, if you're using the Psalms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think church music needs to be singable. Not everyone can do the vocal riffs, right? <laughs> and so you got you got to keep it kind of straight. Yeah. And um you're really looking for music that that can be learned by a child mm-hmm. all the way up to um a person of advanced age because these yeah. are the these are the tunes of the church. This yeah. is the this is the worship of his people. And so I think singable melodies, yeah. scriptural truth that's the stuff that I think can endure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, uh, we learned one, it was, it's actually a children's song, but it, uh, some, my churches do it for the adult worship too, Jesus Strong and Kind. Oh, you heard that one, but um, it's, it's definitely ma- made for kids to sing. 
And uh, and it that's was, fantastic. So we were uh, singing that the children did it for one of our services around Easter. And then uh, we just sang it again a couple of weeks ago. And there were some kids sitting behind me. And, oh. and you know, they're like, eh, kind of, you know, they're, they're being good, but they're not really singing much. <laughs> yeah. And then this song comes up. And they're belting it out. I love it. It was just so cool. Yes. It was just very, very, very cool. Yeah. One of the songs that we sang at the Unity service that you were referencing mm-hmm. is a call and response song. And I think mm. different traditions have really embraced that. The African-American church has a rich history yeah. of call and response. Mm-hmm. But it's for that reason. Yeah. Because you, anyone can do it. You yeah. don't even have to be old enough to read. Yeah. And you can engage in it. And so yeah. uh, we have a couple songs like that that I'm always just deeply moved by yeah. people as a community yeah. singing loud. Yeah. You know, the, the so the Psalms are mostly songs. Yeah. We don't think of it that way. But have you ever wanted to be transported in a time machine just to Every hear, day. hear how David... <laughs> now, now, how did David do the... To the tune of blah, blah, right. blah. The liar. Even, yeah. yeah. What did that, that sound like? Yeah. No, I'm super interested in that. You know, the the history of uh, the hymn book that we have is such a fascinating story. So many of those tunes, right, were either co-opted from other songs or mm-hmm. um, a bar tune that gets mm-hmm. put to different lyrics. Mm-hmm. And then people sing it loud because they just sang yeah. it in the pub, right, yeah. the night before or whatever. Yeah. I, I've wondered if David, if David used these kind of tunes yeah. that they sang or if they were all original or... I I will ask someday. Yes, someday we're going to ask. We want to know. Maybe I'm sure we're going to sing it. Probably. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, but people forget that the Psalms was uh, the book of the the Psalter, as we call it, the the collection of Psalms was kind of the original hymn book there, and uh, we 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 can add to that. Super curious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're when you're uh, in the process of writing, then so you you mentioned that you know maybe using themes from worship or or that the church is working through. Is there a is there a starting place where hmm. all of a sudden you say, I mean, some people say, well, it just has to it hit you to like me, a lightning you know? bolt. Yeah, and other people have a very concrete, you know, like step. Yeah, um, I think the limitations of being one human are hard um, because I also struggle with wanting to be cooler than I am. Um, <laughs> well, don't we? All? But the re- I know, yeah. but the but the reality of that process is often that. Um, uh, if I'm using the text that's there in front of me, I'm given a lot of the words already mm-hmm. and I'm putting it to a tune that I like. Mm-hmm. And so um, those are usually chords that I enjoy. And those are right <laughs> things that I have used before or yep. chord progressions that, that uh, are interesting to me. And so um, it's the beauty and the limits of being a human. So I'm I'm using... Um, the chords that I know how to play on a guitar and I'm rearranging them until I like it. And then I'm trying to fit it to the words and then I'm cutting words off to make it fit in the meter. And mm-hmm. um, often when, when I'm writing a song from scratch, it, it is really helpful to do it in community. So it's mm. another musician and, and me kind of walking through what is uh, kind of what's the heart of the song. Uh, it, it usually turns out better when there are mm. other other hearts and minds involved. Yeah, yeah. All right. One last break. When we come back, then we're going to do a shameless plug. And uh, and well, I want to hear maybe some current projects that you're working on. All right. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Talking with Crystal Davey here from Grace Chapel. Glad to have you along. You're listening to The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. 
bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday, uh, talking with Crystal Davey here from Grace Chapel. And uh, Crystal, it is that time of the program where we always do a shameless plug. So you can you can literally plug on anything you want to plug. Uh, Grace Chapel or otherwise, I say plug away. That is amazing. Yeah. My shameless plug mm-hmm. is going to be to think about neighbor love very specifically. Mm. Um, So one of the things that I get to do in my role is to uh, talk about what's happening in our neighborhood and to really encourage our congregation to be good neighbors. And uh, one of the resistance, resistances that I find even my own heart is that I really love to think about it and I really don't like to do it (laughs) Um, because it messes with my time and my plan and, um, So uh, one of the things that we've uh, asked our congregation to do is just to live regular life in close proximity to real humans and then just to open your eyes and to see them. And there are certain people that are that's just going to be easier than others. Um, But even in its simplest form, it's getting to know the name of the person that's working at the grocery store and asking them how their mom's doing whenever you get your groceries. Um, But within our neighborhood, oh man, there are so many beautiful and incredible groups that are, that are laboring and doing a really good job. So we, um, we have gotten to uh, work with um, transformations, which is a really great Mm -hmm. um, consignment shop in the neighborhood. They have beautiful stuff. And if you volunteer there or work there, you get to meet really beautiful neighbors Mm-hmm. Um, the Hub Nonprofit is a group that works with at-risk youth, and uh, we've been so blessed to to work with them and get to know uh, what they're doing. Uh, but they're really trying to help kids that are coming out of the foster care system or who have system involvement to really find their footing as young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, Centerpoint is just a is just an incredible resource for the people in our community that are struggling with addiction and. Um, uh, there's a, a a soup kitchen called The Gathering Place down on Goodhue that serves fresh, hot food every day from mm-hmm. 5 to 6. And uh, they have a little free pantry with, um, you know, a door where you can put food in there. And every single time I go, it's empty. And there's mm-hmm. a group waiting for more food to come. So, hey, wow. go go pull out that can of beans. You're not going to use. You're not going to use it. And go put it in that, that little free uh, pantry. Um, but my, I think the the reason that it can be a shameless plug is I, I am convinced that engaging in real relationships with our neighbors is where we're going to find and see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, he says he's there and we just have to have eyes to see him. Mm-hmm. I know it is. It's a part of that deeply enriching walk of faith. So that's mm-hmm. my sh- shameless plug. Yeah, I like that. You know, Jesus uh, said that when. He's he's currently at the right hand of the Father. That's we right. are his voice, his feet, his hands. And so the opportunity to be Christ to other people isn't just an abstract thing. I mean, that's that's the way it works. That's right. Primarily right it's now. Water, it's water. It's yeah. um, it's food. It's company. It's yeah. meeting people in prison. Yeah, very yeah. practical. All kinds of things like that. Um, that's a wonderful plug. I love that. Um, back to the music. Uh, so are, do you have any current, uh, you know, things you're working on new series or, uh, by the way, people 
I've heard artists say this before too that they well I love you know getting together with other artists and and, and I have a I must admit I have a hard time imagining <laughs> that I would want to get input from other artists uh -huh. while I'm in the middle of something yeah. I, is, is it just a certain kind of artist that enjoys that? For or? sure. I, and I, I think there are different methods, people who have yeah. different um, strategies for making music. And, and for, for some people, it's a deeply private mm -hmm. affair. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's it's a skill that you can develop as an artist to kind of choose to set aside your <laughs> self-consciousness and yeah. maybe that ego that, that needs yeah. to be able to say that I did it 100% all by myself. Yeah. Um, and then to just, uh, kind of to live into that universal yeah. reality that it's better when we do it in community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a skill that I've had to learn cause that's not natural to me either. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think one of the joys of my life has been creating art and mm -hmm. music and, um, doing that in, in community, mm -hmm. kind of watching people's gifts come to the forefront and mm -hmm. to develop something that didn't exist and now it does exist. Um, yeah. I'm not working on any current projects um, as it relates to Grace Chapel. So I, we're mm -hmm. in a series on First Samuel, and um, part of our um, part of our weekly liturgy is a call to worship song that kind of signals the beginning of the service and functions very practically as a stop talking mm -hmm. and come sit down. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've started doing that too now. Great. So, it's just yeah. a good, it's a helpful cue. Yeah. Um, and we've tried to keep that song connected in some way to the series that we're in, and we're mm -hmm. in a series in First Samuel. And so I recently wrote a song that functions as a call to worship song for First mm -hmm. Samuel. And it's based off of the, the similarities in and the beautiful ways that um, Hannah's prayer at the beginning of Samuel and Mary's, uh, Magnificat kind of ah. speak to one another. So oh, that was a fun, that was yeah, a fun yeah. project. That's, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's, we miss those connections sometimes. Okay. Back to the collaboration thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, what, uh, have you ever had a moment where someone's, you know, like workshopping something and you're just like, uh, this this isn't this isn't working. This isn't, this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, I think knowing knowing your role in a in an environment is really helpful. So yeah. there are groups that gather really as sounding boards. Like I need feedback. I want I want you to yeah. kind of tell me what you think or, or yeah. don't think. And um, to be really clear on the front end, like are you wanting me to just because <laughs> I'll be your cheerleader and I'll tell yeah. you how awesome you are. But yeah. do you want me to say? what yeah. I actually think. And yeah. if we have, you know, if you have that kind of permission, yeah. you can say things tactfully like, what if we, <laughs> how would you, what would you think about yeah. changing that? Uh, and, and, but that does happen from time to time. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think especially if you're a person of opinions, yeah. which, you know, I always say I, 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 I have an opinion on everything, but I don't have to have an opinion. I do. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And, um, you know, growing as a as a musician uh, also includes um, just broad exposure, and so it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be the way I like it for it to be good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Speaking of which, are there any artists who are like your mm. your your muses, your inspirations? Yeah. That, oh man, I always love so and so. For sure. Yeah. Um, I would say when it comes to kind of the worship sphere, um, mm -hmm. Sandra McCracken is um, a hero of mine. I think the work that's come out of um, worship ministries like um, Porter's Gate and um, Common Hymnal, I think there's some really sweet mm -hmm. Christ-honoring um, music that's coming out of that. 
What about secular stuff? Any any artists that just yeah. you gravitate toward? Um, Patty Griffin is my my musical hero. Um, I would like to meet her before she goes away. So if you have any you know connections, like any connections? To, could you? I'll work on that. Sh- yeah, you know, shoot, shoot them. Shoot have, them my way. I'll have Patty on the radio here, oh, and, and awesome. then we can we can work that out. <laughs> That's well, m- maybe that won't work. Okay. I don't know. I can't, I can't promise that. <laughs> I yeah. understand. Yes. Dear, um, well, just about a minute left. Uh, what, as you look toward the future, you, you've, been, you've done much more than music at Grace Chapel, and you're really a, a central uh, fixture at the church uh, for many years now. Uh, anything else that you, as you look toward the future, you're, you're, you're thinking of dabbling in? Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I am exploring... Um, more just the the role of um, connecting our congregation to mutual relationships in the neighborhood, and so mm-hmm. that that continues to be something that I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. And then just the recognition that that the discipleship just bleeds into all areas of the church. So really wanting our music ministry to develop disciples of Jesus mm-hmm. who are loving people around them. Well, I'll tell you what, that's, that's been at the heart of what I've, I've been about is connecting with others and uh, trying to see those and rooting others on, which yep. is what I hear in your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for taking time to be here today. Thank you, Stu. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. I'm talking with Crystal Davey here from Grace Chapel. And I leave you today saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.